Yo, um, I needed I needed help recording an intro for this podcast. So what didn't we do one? Well, it's from a month ago. <laughs> it's... <laughs> That's amazing. So Is so the, the we... one that we do the whole yakety yak thing. Yeah. It's such a good intro. Can you just skip the part where we're saying what day it is? No, it's a good intro, but we need like an intro for the intro because we're a little we're a little bit off the weekly mark. <laughs> just a little, just, just like by six months, just, just a touch. <laughs> All right, how are you gonna record this? Uh, I just did. Yeah. Whoa. What you call an icon living? Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Nylon, cover five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. Woo. About to make a movie independent. Woo. Need new trucks independent. Woo. I need you to listen to the vision. Woo. All your verses sound like dirty dishes. Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly, definitely weekly podcast. It's totally weekly. Totally weekly. 100%. Never missed a week yep. podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, the yakety yak to my don't talk back, Mr. Shaheen Avalier! Take out the braps and the trash, or you will get no spending cash. Uh, how many How many shows end up Arnold schwarzenegger Ooh, I don't know. Have, have we done a lot of we, Arnold Schwarzenegger? I feel like that's a go-to for us. Well, I mean, he's Austrian. It's so good. And he's Arnold. You gotta get to the job. Get that, wow, that's an interesting. I have never heard that version of... That's like Kermit the Frog did Arnold Schwarzenegger just <laughs> I, now. Oh, Kermit the Frog here. Oh, I'm a spiggy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's sad that Kermit is the only accent I think I do okay. That's really well. That's actually it, really it's good. It's not bad. I just envisioned the little green for... Hey, speaking of green... Hey, Look what I'm drinking. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you too. I'm cheers gonna to listen. Us. Can we hear? Cheers. Dink. Shaheen has joined me in uh, in a Mountain Dew today. Mountain don'ts. Because we had, uh, we just had fucked up days. We did. Today, just fuck, fuck this day. Today felt like a Monday, and it's fuck Wednesday. You Wednesday. Yeah. What's up, Wednesday? Yeah. I'm gonna. You know what? You've made me. I hope you're happy Wednesday. I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. You know the last time I drank a Mountain Dew? Mm. I don't remember. I do. <laughs> oh God, this is gross. It needs like vodka or something. <laughs> no, it needs nothing. It's perfect the way it <laughs> it's is. Perfect. What vintage Mountain Dew am I drinking here? Oh, uh, it's a 2020. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The green is like I think it came from the Louisville plant. <laughs> they do it. They do it. They do it right out there. Oh man. See, that's the problem. We don't have any whiskey up in this house. The Brat oh! the Brat Talk offices are, are missing whiskey. It's my fault. I got to buy another bottle. I feel like someone may have lost some whiskey here. Uh, I'm going to buy know. a bottle of Larceny. That's my new go-to um um just everyday bourbon. For those who are listening, try it out. It's really good. What's the difference between bourbon and whiskey? One's bourbon, the other's whiskey. Come on, okay. Jensen. Figured that out. Jesus. Done. Bam. <laughs> um, pretty sure there's a better answer than that, but we're going to move right along. Sheen, tell me what you've been doing on motorcycles <laughs> lately. Uh, <laughs> I have been, you know, uh, selling motorcycles and uh, talking about them every day. Oh, actually... Uh, on Saturday, I rode my motorcycle from work to Crater Lake, which is like on the other side of Oregon. It's very blue. It's super, dude, what a gorgeous place. I have, I stopped and I was like, oh, that doesn't look real at all. It looks fake. It's very blue. It's right in front of you. It is the cleanest water. Like, mm. no, they say it's it's supposed to be the cleanest lake, period. And then it is 1,922 feet. So it is the deepest uh, lake in North America, ninth deepest in the world. I learned a lot. 
Um, it is super deep. It is. Yeah. And it's like where you stand on the on the west side to look down at it, it's 7,000 plus feet elevation. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, this is one. Wow, this is really huge. I always think how terrifying the northwest of North America or whatever it was back then, Pangea, looked like when, when it was just blowing up and these mountains were being formed. Like we live in such a beautiful state now, but I just always think back like several million years ago, what it must look like. And Crater Lake's only 7,000 years old. I was going to say, because, you know, you talk about that, but there's a whole, like, indigenous story about Crater Lake and, like, the gods coming down and having a battle. And right. I'm totally fucking this story up because I, like I wasn't paying that like much it. attention. But there's a whole, like, mythos around the birth of Crater Lake that comes from Crater Lake being an active volcano. Huh. And, like, how crazy would that be? It's a caldera. It would like kind of yeah. collapsed in on itself and made this amazing crater in the middle. Oh, that's right. There's like a little baby. There's a little, little baby. Little it's little called baby wizard, little, little wizard Island in the middle there. It's not even the middle. It's kind of like on the side. It's a little cockeyed. It's like a, it's like a third nip. It is basically a third nip. Or like, got a little, or I got a little a saggy. Got a little excited seeing nip. it there. Yeah. <laughs> What's up there? Wizard <laughs> Island. You look nice. Um, <laughs> anyways, it has a, uh, a rim road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you ride around it. It's 33 miles long. You can have a full rim job around uh, Crater Lake. There's got to be a better way of saying that. I think that. that's what they call it when you go around Crater Lake rim. around the rim. Just, you're just, so you just you just rimmed Crater Lake. I rimmed Crater Lake on the motorbike. Okay. Um, quite beautiful. I would highly recommend anyone in the Oregon, California, a lot of California plates because it's like right there. I didn't realize how far south I was. I was it's like, really far south. There's yeah. more California plates at Crater Lake National Park than Oregon plates. I'll tell you that right now. It, um, is, it is worth the trip. I've totally camped, I've it. camped there. It is worth the trip. There's some good hiking. The the water's really blue. It's it's gorgeous. It's really blue. And then we went and swam in Diamond Lake, which is just north of it, and I expected it to be frigid and it wasn't. It was super warm. As if there was hot magma below it just heating it up all the time. Mm. Um so yeah, I rode my bike down there and came back. I did 658 miles to take an Instagram shot and it looked really nice. Did it for the gram. Hell yeah, with the gram. You know, you gotta if you're, you're a modern in, man. If you're going to hashtag be an influencer. I was gonna say what hashtags did you use? Uh hashtag what's up? Hashtag influence, hashtag safety third. Okay. Those are those are solid. You, got, you got a safety third it, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, so rode around a bunch, saw a bunch of Oregon, uh just kind of pulled off a bunch and checked out some weird off-road areas, lots of gates. So I was like, oh man, all right, I'll turn around again. Um yeah, that was actually the first time I've really gone for a proper ride in the last couple of months because I've been, uh, what's today? The 5th? Wednesday the 5th. Fuck four you, more, Wednesday the 5th. Four days from today. Fuck you, Wednesday the 5th. You're just rude. Um, four days from now is my two-month anniversary at Moto Corsa. Wow. Two months. Can you believe it? Well, like, I mean, two months again. I mean, yeah, two months since my two months return. Plus. Yeah. Version 2.0. Yeah. This is like New Testament. It is. This is the you're new, new old, old Testament motocorsa. Right. Now this is New Testament. This is new, l- louder, you know, more Persian. Hello, I am Shaheen Alvandi. I am your. You GM. can't see the the head bob that he's you doing right now, it. but it's, it's very Persian. Very yeah. very Persian. I think I'm gonna buy a rug later. I don't you know. You have to buy a rug and put a Ducati on top of the rug. Yeah, it will be very luxurious, and you will like it very much. You know, yeah. that's you know, that's how I do it. Right that's how we are number one in the region right now. That's what's up. What what's the region? Because to be fair To be fair there, um, there, there's been a dearth of of, of Ducati dealers in the area recently. I mean, you know, and we're number one and we're the only one probably, but you know, we're still number one. I did see someone the other day. Well, I'm just talking shit. I'm not, I'm gonna try and be better. I'm Man. gonna be a better human today. I'm gonna stop that sentence. You know, it's Wednesday. 
August fifth, and you're allowed to be a little bitter today. That's okay. Nah, you're with friends. Nah. You're in a you're in a safe zone. Okay, fine. I'll edit it out. <clears throat> uh, have you done any fun motorcycling lately? No. No. Um, no. How come? I haven't done shit. Why? Por qué? Uh, well, my toe healed up. That whole my toe healed up nicely. My rib, on the other hand, is taking a little while, but I think I'll be ready to race. You actually broke your rib. Oh yeah. Like I was like, <laughs> stop, oh, you it, should, Jen, stop crying, you should, Jensen. You just I, cracked it a little. What I think happened, and then this has got me thinking, like I should wear a chest protector. Wait, you I, don't wear one? I don't. Not on the. Not on the. Mr. Safety doesn't wear bike. a safe protector. I think Should've originally a chest protector. I think originally I was, and the like, the one from Dainese is so thick that I didn't, it was just too cumbersome. Like I couldn't get down into a tuck. Mm, got it. Um, so I need to figure that out because what I think happened, I brought my arms in and did like a little crossy cross on my arms, right. and I think I just either punched my pec or like I'm I'm actually even doing it right now. Like yeah. I think I just kind of smushed. My bum, because I broke a rib that's like right underneath my nipple. It's have you ever, really high up. Have you ever used the... And your nipples are way up there. You I got, got, high, you got weird I got, nipples. I got... Like, yeah, up. We're perky in my family. Soups. Soups perks. You can tell um, the weather with these things. I, I think a D3O type material would be good for you because it's flexible and it's not so fatty fatty. Well, and I just needed something well. like really thin. Like even like just like a, a hard plastic plate that's just like a 16th of an inch. Huh. Just enough to spread the force. Like, I don't really need much padding. I just want to spread that force across the whole May the force be spread area. I already got built-in padding. You do. You're you very know? nice. You guys don't see uh, how he's playing with it's his. Just, it's just, just very, yeah. I'm confused. Glad it's an audio show, not a video oh, show. Oh, man. man. I feel like be, we're missing out on there. This could be a whole OnlyFans episode oh, here. Oh, man. We'd be demonetized by YouTube so quick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm fighting a battle with them. You want to know what I've been up to? I've been fighting a battle with Google. Google. Over the stupidest things. So I wrote a story like, I don't know how many years ago. That's the other part. It's like, it's a freaking, when the, when did the Kawasaki H2 come out? Cause it's the story about that. Seven, 15, 15, I, I don't know. Like 14 yeah, or 15. five years. Let's say yeah, five, five years. years I don't think it's five years, but let's say five years. Let's hold the story. It's just before the bike came out. And it's a story about like the river logo, the Kawasaki river logo, which is, a logo used by Kawasaki Heavy Industries. Okay. Like the 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 big fucking Because they make company. ships and shit. They make shipping ships, shipping ships, Ship, shipping, shipping ships. Shipping, shipping ships. And it was a big deal that they were putting that on the H2. And that was like the story was like, this shows that the H2 isn't just like a motorcycle. This is a bragging point for the, the whole company. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, we make cranks for ships and earth movers and motorcycles and generators and this is this is the pinnacle of all of our company right here this supercharged motorcycle i was like basically the story and google's algorithm whatever ai learning machine is just like this is hate speech what exactly and i'm sitting there going like oh like what the hell like so like i see it come up and i like read through the story and it's like the most does it highlight the part that it says is no that's the thing that just says this 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 has been flagged as hate speech by our algorithm. And you're like, okay. I think somebody reported you just to fuck with you. Maybe. That wouldn't be. Hold on. This is driving me bonkers. Some some local something, something going on. Who knows? Um, so I'm just like, all right. So I'm like reading through the story. I'm like, wow, what like, what did I say in the story? Like, am I critical of Kawasaki? Like, was it a critical story? I'm like, no, this is really just like a an explaining branding business opinion analysis piece that's like super just hateful just inside baseball <laughs> yeah like super hateful and then i'm thinking like well 
maybe it's getting tagged because like the comments because some i'm not going to say it on our podcast because i don't want to get the wrath of apple on it but there is certain slang used let's say in england mm-hmm. that you can't say in the u.s in terms to japanese things and it's like appropriate there but it's not really appropriate here because you know we interned a bunch of people and it's just bad like world war ii just kind of did some stuff and like that happens in the comment section sometimes and like actually our comment system is supposed to filter it but it's it's something i'm aware of that happens like there's just some social dish uh differences between like american english and like let's say australian english or british english or canadian english right so like okay maybe something's in the comment section and that popped up as a racial slur and that would make sense and that would be hate speech and like yeah i get it and I go through and I'm like, no, our comments are super clean. Our comments are like totally on point. No one's saying anything. And it's just like, I just sit there. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I go to appeal it. My appeal gets denied. The only thing I can think of what? is the, the title graphic is this logo and it's a black and white kind of logo. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, is it possible that like some stupid, like, image recognition system is looking at this logo and thinking it's a swastika or something is it that close not even like i could probably pull it up like it's um i mean i've seen it i just i'm, I'm it, it but like you can just kind of sit there like you just think like well you know if like you know maybe the AI is just reaching at this point like i'm just like I, that's the thing though where i'm just sitting there going like i don't know like what's what's the deal here it is that i but it's like a circle. It looks like something you see in Pokemon, right? But like, I could see where like where maybe I mm, nope. Maybe it thinks it's like Nazi lightning bolts or something. Okay, it looks or, like it looks almost like a bug. It, it looks like a ladybug. That's yeah. what it looks like. It's cute. I don't know. Uh, if you want to go look it up, the story is called "The Most Important Thing About the Kawasaki H2?" Question mark. Uh, anyways, like that's what I've been doing. Just like fighting that fight. And how, does, there. how does somebody fight Google? I just feel like you're just you gonna. Can't. Yeah, you can't. Like that's the thing. Like I can't even get like a human on the phone to tell me like, hey, just tell me what's the offensive. There part. is no human. Have what, you not what's, seen what's causing the flag? Because if it's the logo, I'll change the the graphic. If it's <clears> some <throat> word choice or some paragraph, I can retool it. But like I'm sitting there going like, there's nothing offensive about this story. Nothing that I can see. And it's just, you're just re- completely reliant on machines and AI and algorithms. And you judgment don't actually have like any humans doing anything. This is how Judgment Day happens, this man. This is how Judgment Day happens, this is totally. Terminators are next. We're all, if, totally. If, if, t- hashtag robot- T-Man right now is screaming because she believes in this shit. Yeah. I think the I think the robots are going to come out and they're going to be like, oh, no, uh, you'd walking down the streets, hate speech. You're now banned. And, and then the thing comes in from the sky. Picks you up sky and liquefies you, out you of there. to feed something. Yeah. 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 The next thing you know, you're like, you're feeding Keanu Reeves and we're fucked in the Matrix. I know Kung Fu. So that's what I've been doing. That's just a little inside baseball, but it's it's super frustrating because there's no recourse. So like, here's the thing, like, right? Like that page is now demonetized. Okay, I'm not making any money on that page huh. anymore. That page probably gets five hits a year now because it's five years old and it's yeah. irrelevant news. And like, I shouldn't care because it really doesn't affect my business at all, except for if I get enough of these, like Google well, but, completely but the question, shut me down. You know, the question I would have is, and maybe this is something you've already thought about, you know, if there was a mistake, then you should be given a chance to see what the mistake is so that maybe you don't apply the same th- thing exactly. to your future exactly. story that will actually be monetized and, you know, help you run your business. 
It's but a total black box. Man. The whole system is a total black box. We're like, I don't actually know what Just I've roll done the dice, wrong. Bro. Just roll the dice. I can't talk to anyone about how to fix it. And Google's so big, like, where else am I going to go? Like, who else am I going to monetize my site with? What you got to do is uh, go inside the matrix, go deeper and deeper and deeper till you end up in a room that's just made out of televisions and an older guy with a beard will answer your question. I've done that before and that's just once is enough. You know, everyone's got that college experience. (laughs) You got to keep digging. You'll, You'll find the answers. You'll find out that it is indeed Hydra that has infiltrated Google. Good news. KTM 200 Duke is coming to the USA. Little Bothan spy dropped that off at my doorstop. So, question: Is that really good news? Are you super happy about this? I could care less. I think. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Let's stop. Let's stop. That was. I take. Wednesday. Let me take, let me Wednesday. Take, <laughs> let me hold that back from the universe. I'm still hyped up on the Google. I'm still on my Wednesday here. I don't care about a 200 cc street bike that's made in India and looks like a praying mantis that fell over in a pumpkin. But what is very cool and what I do care about is the pricing on this. So going to be $39.99? Just under $4,000. You cannot find a motorcycle, a full-size motorcycle, from a major brand for under four grand. Mm -mm. Not anymore. Well, I mean, you can now. Yeah, you can get into a Grom for like, I think out the door, it's like 38 or whatever. But but that's like two-thirds of a motorcycle. That doesn't count in my mind. So I do like the fact that you have a very, very affordable cheap motorcycle that would be a decent street bike for someone to learn on if they wanted a new bike they could probably pay it with cash if they wanted to which is a huge thing too because not everyone's got good credit (laughs) shaheen and it's got i mean the seat's not super low it's 31.6 inches so it's sport bikey it's got a dry weight of 309 pounds so it's a little on the heavier side it's gonna be like 340 ish when it's wet i feel like every motorcycle safety foundation school should buy like 20 of these yeah it'd be I a think, great way to teach somebody how to ride a motorcycle nice wide handlebars on it narrow tires it's easy to turn i think my <laughs> motorcycle school bike was a drz 200 so it's like right in that wheelhouse mine was a uh, a honda rebel oh yeah those are really popular super just yeah beat the shit out of it every day doesn't yeah. care uh so i like it from that perspective like is Jensen Beeler like gonna put one in his garage? Of course not. But I'm I'm not the person not for that's you. trying to buy this no. that, that it's made for. So I think that's cool. I like that we're getting back to cheaper bikes and you look at <clears throat> where we are kind of headed as a country in terms of like recession and economy. Country, and, how about the global? Well, I only I don't care about the rest of the world anymore, Shaheen. It's not even the rest of the it's world. Wednesday. It's, just, it's, it's just Wednesday, us. man. It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, I do think having cheaper price point motorcycles for right. what's coming down the pipe is going to be a smart move. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm excited from that point of view. I think and KTM's doing a neat thing here because this is really, they're doing a good job of sticking with their brand identity. Uh, say what you will about their design uh, philosophy, but at least they're sticking to it throughout the... the <laughs> they're really committed to this I mean, idea. they are. I'll give them that. But that makes it where they are now recognizable. People see that goofy looking headlight and they go, that's KTM. <clears throat> and I've grown to sort of love it because it's uh I, I boy I sure as all made fun of that twelve ninety R adventure when it first came out I'm like what the why but now as I look at them more and more it's like all right that's cool it's it's unique I recognize it that's really neat and this little two hundred I mean you park this next to the three ninety it'd probably be hard to tell the difference it'd be so hard to tell the difference it'd be very very hard but when you're paying for it that thirty nine ninety nine ninety nine that's a nice price yeah that's very nice and like two hundred cc's 
especially modern 200 cc's like that'll get you on the highway that'll get you where you need to go that'll that'll cruise on the highway all day long oh, yeah. that's uh, what 25 horses probably yeah it's exactly yeah at least all right we, we're we're did you did you do we're it? looking at about 25 horses according to this. Okay, yeah great that's amazing horse. dude yeah gets it done i mean a honda grum is only a tiny slightly smaller motor it only makes like eight horses yeah <clears throat> I'm impressed with this bike. I, I know it's not for us, but I could see where it is. As a retailer, this would be a really great thing to offer. I know from you know from uh, uh, my other friends who are in the retail world, bikes like this are bikes you lose money on as a retailer. You don't make money on these things, but what you're doing is you're building a relationship and you are allowing the customer to have options, and you're you're now expanding your customer line to someone else that didn't necessarily have the power to come to you and look for a brand new bike totally if someone's gonna buy one of these they could be on a, on a 390 duke the next year right they could be on a 790 duke you know a couple years after that they could be on a 1290 adventure or whatever like they it, they could build into the brand pretty yeah. easily it's like a little it's like a little heroin it's like a little, a little, 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 little gateway little, drug. Little, little, little tiny, cute $4,000 gateway drug. Heroin's not a gateway drug. No, heroin is <laughs> that's, that's past your, the gateway. Yeah, you're down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're way in there. Uh, Mountain like, Dew's the gateway it's drug. It's like whippets. It's like doing whippets. <laughs> you start with Mountain Dew and then you're drinking coffee. You get a and bag, then, you fill it with glue. Oh, God. <laughs> or actually, your house. You don't smell it, man. This house is a man's house. Like, this is a motorcyclist's house. What are you, what are you house. talking about? My house Buddy, smells great. It smells like race fuel in here. It does not smell like race fuel. Because you're used to it and your brain cells are melting away. No. I'm up here like, ah, it smells like Jensen's house plus race fuel. No, it and smells like bacon. I was cooking bacon like 30 minutes ago. Race fuel. I promise no. you. <laughs> no. I do not believe you. Oh, God. I send help. You. I'm going to send somebody here to like. With we a, need a neutral party. <laughs> A neutral party needs to do. We need this. a non-motorcyclist to walk in here and go, "What the fuck is that smell? <laughs> does it smell like bacon? <laughs> it's bacon, but it has a little something extra, a little sweeter to it. Or does it uh, smell like where fuel. dreams went to die? <laughs> it smells like about one hundred and twelve dollars a five-gallon bucket is what it smells like. I have dramatically reduced my amount of race fuel in my house. It's not in the bathroom anymore, so that's good news. No, I had a house guest. We had to take it out of the that's bathroom. True. No, if it smells like anything, it smells like the shampoo carpeting I did. Race fuel. No, I don't. I don't believe you. Don't start. Don't come you, into my house and start shit. You, all right, you're, it's you're in denial. See, it's your, I'm telling you, it's a gateway. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> I've been having the best dreams lately. <laughs> so <laughs> like vivid. legitimately, like just, every night I just have the craziest <laughs> fucking dreams. Who can I borrow a five gallon can take home? I just want to see what it feels like. <laughs> Hashtag T Man will be like, get this shit the fuck out of here. I don't want it in my house. That's oh man, she boy. has uh, she has limits, and I think that would push him. This week's Honda CBR 600 RR R rumor R August edition. Oh, you said R. <laughs> R, 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 R. This is. I, I should read. I don't even know if I did the thing. I I enjoyed writing this article so much just because I just con- just consistently mistype the name cbr 600 rr i listen again and i don't think anyone noticed i think it's just me i think it's just a little thing that i you should have done that as a joke just see how many people may notice it i think there's one too many r's in there are they there's there's so many r's <clears throat> this <clears throat> honda listen jensen Miller here cbr oh, you call it a cbr 60 rr rumor first of all i like that oh it go it's the whole rabbit hole you don't even care anymore it's just fucking just <laughs> Just stop with this. Just stop it. Just, just stop. 
But I do like this rumor, and it is kind of heating up. Like okay. I'm starting to be like before I was, eh, and now I'm kind of like. Which, if you knew me, there's a big difference between those two sounds. There's, yeah, those two noises are yeah. very different noises. That's not just the race gas dog. No, like one of them is like speculative, the other one is doubtful. I know the noises. Are you speculative right now or doubtful? Hmm. Wait, is this going to be like the first real 600 RRR no. since like 13 so years ago? This is what I love about this this rumor. the The crux of it is. There's one part of it that's like, we're going to see this bike in August, which I do no. not believe whatsoever. I mean, it should be out now. Yeah. Like, I well, I think they actually had a date because it was like a it was like a race in Japan. They were going to August 9th. All right. So, so that's four like more what, days. Friday, Saturday. Okay. Not going to happen. Come, come on. Not going to happen. Uh, we would have we seen too much. There would be teasers and stuff out by now. But what they are saying is that this is not going to be an all new model. Oh. It's going to be the current existing model. With like electronics and new bodywork. Okay, so it's gonna have I- IMU. And so you're saying they're going like this. That's literally I mean, isn't that what Yamaha did with the R6. Okay, but the difference being ah. that is, I mean, that is what Yamaha did with the R6. This is what I got in trouble with Yamaha for. Ooh. So let's just double down on it. <laughs> I mean, you're tripling down at this point. Sorry. <laughs> when you when you are selling the top selling 600 Super Sport on the market right. as Yamaha was right. And you come out with the new version and it's just bodywork and like some some electronics. Right. Like that's okay. Because you're already the top selling bike. You're like, we're already number one. Yeah. We don't need to spike the football. We're just gonna build a bike that maintains our number one status. Yeah. And I totally give them a pass for that. It went to the as gym and had like, some plastic surgery yeah, done. It looks good. As much as I wanna like see an all new bike. I can't fault a company for being like, we're number one. We want to stay number one. Right. Aprilia has done this with the RSV4 for like a decade and it worked out great. <laughs> yep. The problem is Honda's not number one. What number are they? I don't know. Two? Um, problem, I probably, yeah. I mean. I mean, in the 600 world, what do you got? You got CBRRRRR. You got the R6. You got I, the. I've never ridden the 600s back to back. A Ninja? It would be third or fourth in my mind. And I think Whoa. somewhere in there, like the MVF3 and the Triumph Daytona 675. Wait, those are in the same category? Technically. I, I guess you're right. Those would kind of sneak in there. Like, just it's just hard to get excited about a Honda CBR 600. And so, like, you sit there and you're like, okay, but if you guys came out with an all new version, right. and it was just as rad as the, the new 1000 is, right. I'd be super excited about yeah. that. And I think if you build it, they will come. But they're not. I agree. What? And, and then there's part of that rumor that's like, well, the spike's not even going to be Euro 5 compliant, so it's not even going to come to Europe. And you're like, then why are you making it? So there's there's some there's some holes in this rumor that I am just not like, it just got my eyebrows raised. So I'm kind of like, is, it, is there not a 600 like class anymore or something? There, there is. Then, but so why are no they relevant? No one just gives a fuck. Well, so this what, is. What was the death of the 600? The electronics in the, the, the 1000s? The, the stagnation of it. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, like, let's go back in time. There was a point in time when every two years, every major Japanese brand came right. out with a new 600 and a new 1000. 2008, basically. Right. And they were selling them like gangbusters, and sport uh-huh. bikes were selling at like gangbusters because we were doing stupid things with credit applications and, and loans and bullshit. And that's what the whole like recession was about. Subprime lending. Right. So, people that like, like, Let's just call a spade a spade. Sport bike bros were able to get their bikes for super cheap and super easy. 
and not realizing that they're probably getting super upside down on their finances. Recession hits, that whole thing goes away. Right. All of a sudden, sport bike sales are no longer happening, especially in Europe. And part of that too is increase in insurance, insurance. rates. Yeah, it's a killer, man. Um, especially over there because people were hooning around and people were crashing and it was a whole thing. Um, so like the market's gone away. But also what happened at the same time was the manufacturers stopped updating their product line. And one of the things we did see through the recession is the few manufacturers that did refresh their models, did come out with new bikes, actually sold quite well. As we saw when the uh, Yamaha R1 came out in mm-hmm. 2015. Mm-hmm. Fucking thing just blew the doors off everyone else. Um, so it's a little bit like I look at it and I say it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because the manufacturers pulled away and were like, hey, we're not going to build any new bikes because we don't think the market's there. And it's like, well, when you pull away the new bikes and you pull away the innovation and you keep selling the same old shit, the market disappears because of that as well. Mm-hmm. So this starts becoming this kind of snowball going down the mountain. And for Honda, from their perspective, they're just like, there's just no reason why we would make a 600. Because to make a high-performing 600, like to physically make the bike, doesn't cost that much less than to make a 1,000. You Fair think enough. about it, like it's the same kind of like development. Yeah, about, I mean, the material is the material, right? <laughs> you're, yeah, you're probably talking all in like a couple hundred bucks in metal, right? You know, and for castings and stuff. So it's like you're going to sell a super bike for, well, at that point in time, you're going to sell one for like fifteen, seventeen thousand dollars right. And you're going to sell a super sport for 13000 12, yeah. So you're like, you're not making any money really. So I can kind of see on the business side how they're like, well, we're not really making any money on those. So why bother? But it's a weird thing. Um, this is the thing I've always complained about uh, in the motorcycle industry. It's it's so weirdly reactive. It's like, well, we let it stagnate, and it's stagnated to the point now where it's going to take a lot of effort to make it new and exciting again. And is it really worth us doing that? And it's like, well, yeah, you kind of let it fall off, and now you're trying to react, and it's going to cost you some money. How much? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, probably not a whole lot, but still, there's probably some R&D that they have to go put into it and make sure it runs properly but you already have built the bike it's not that hard to do what like yamaha did make it more exciting make it more fun like i don't i don't know it's just like i see ducati every five years changing their bikes no matter what happens every five years there's a new ducati of the whatever you're looking at and they've been consistently doing that for a long time now where we like expect it at this point and i feel like if they stopped people would just go so I guess I'm buying a different brand. And that happens. People are fickle. Buyers are very much fickle. They want the new exciting thing. They have that itch and they want to scratch it. And if you're not giving them the the opportunity to do that with your brand, they're just going to move on. So I guess Honda is number three or four now. Doesn't Yamaha, I'm sorry, doesn't Kawasaki have pretty much the most affordable 600 on the market right now? Yes. They did a great job of bringing a bike out that was sub $10,000. That was amazing. Which is why like, I was kind of saying like uh, Honda third or fourth. Um, and that's, and it's a good, it's a good product. Yeah. Um, I don't think the CBR has been really properly updated since like 2000, what? 2007. Seven. 13 years ago, man. 2007? 2000. I'm pretty sure seven. Yeah. Yeah. 2007. This, this, this generation bike, 2007. So, I mean, like that's the part of it. It's like you're selling a 13 year old bike and now you're going to sell a facelifted version of that 13 year old bike. Presumably. I mean, if we believe the rumors, um, and it's just like. I mean, I think it'll there'll be an uptick in sales, but it's like you know you guys are phoning it in a little bit, right? Like just just generally, like the motorcycle industry in this segment 
has been phoning it in oh, for yeah. like the past decade. And like they're sitting there being like, oh, there's no sales. It's like, well, you've also been phoning it in. So is it because you've been phoning it in that there's no sales or is it? Here's a big because there's no sales, egg. you've been phoning it yeah, in. Like a big which, chicken and egg problem here. Which like, way is the causality yeah. flowing here? That's what I'm saying. It's 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 probably very dynamic and very complicated if someone was to sit down and show you real numbers and graphs and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if you guys haven't updated something for 13 years and like it needs something, it needs a little kick. The question I would, you know, I'm, I'm wondering in my head, like what is Honda's bread and butter in the motorcycle side? You know, is it the Africa Twin? Is it the Goldwing? Is it the... When you say bread and butter, what do you mean Like, what that? is their best seller? Oh, Honda Grom. Grom? So many Groms. Does that make money? No. But they, they're selling like 40,000 of those a year, 20,000 of those a year. They're Look, selling wonder, so many Groms. So I wonder, I guess, in the, like the middle weight, middle Actually, to... I should take that back. They're selling a fuck ton of uh, Super Cubs is what they're selling. Oh. Um... I mean that's that's globally their list. That is the most sold motorcycle ever. Just period. Just it's been being sold for like forty years. Right. Some version of it. But I wonder, like in their middle to heavyweight class bikes, what's selling? You mm, know, like that's a good question. Africa Twins probably do pretty well. Um, I'm wondering if Honda's gonna have like an Africa Twin light, like a six fifty. There's rumors of a of a of a middleweight, like a seven fifty eight hundred cc type of thing. Um, Goldwing. They sell a lot of Goldwings. Yeah. Um, but, Maybe but, that's but. just not a thing that they're interested in doing anymore, and they're just trying to phase it out. I mean, I, I mean, I can see it. Like, I understand. Like, the sport bike market isn't what it used to be. It appeals to a younger rider. Younger riders are kind of fucked right now because of money and life yeah. and wherever. Um, Meanwhile, KTM's it's also like, like it's just not cool right now to have a sport bike. Like, remember, you know, when sport bikes were starting to become a thing, that was like Top Gun, yeah. and yeah. you know. All these other movies and things in the pop culture where sport bikes were like a thing. And we don't really have that anymore. I blame Biker Boys the movie. Uh, you should. As you should. Just ruined it. A horrible thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no words. So. It's interesting to see this. I mean, like, you know, meanwhile, KTM is like, hey, here's a $4,000 bike that we can offer to younger buyers because it's affordable and cool. And like. Kind of weird and kitschy. I, I the thing that's interesting for me is it feels like the middleweight twin, like the six fifty twin, the seven hundred cc twin, is the new super sport because the ones that are coming out now have actually electronics. They have modern yeah. chassis. They have like they make. I don't like. I mean, an MT O seven doesn't make hundred horsepower, but the Aprilia when it comes out, it's going to make hundred horsepower. Um, yeah, the 790 KTM makes the seven, about exactly. 100 horsepower. Yeah, thank you. Um, so like, it does kind of feel like that. Those are taking over the mantle of what the 600 CC inline four sport bike was supposed to be. Ooh, maybe, maybe these are going to get phased out for those new high revving 250 CC inline fours. Huh? No, I, don't, I don't think so. Come on, I can dream. I don't think so. they're wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, we've only got like a couple more. You will we. You will know the answer, dear listener, before we get the show out. Probably. I can guarantee yeah. you that the way my life is going right now. <laughs> Wednesday, you suck. Which means I will definitely not be able to afford the $339,000 KTM RC16 that is for sale by KTM. How's the KTM has got the cheapest and most expensive bike all at once? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really realize that. They kind of bookended it, didn't they? Uh, I think it's cool that they're, I mean... 
when I see, so the, the story is that KTM selling two of its MotoGP bikes from last year, which they've done before. This isn't anything new. So these are, the, are these the, are these the 2016 bikes or no, what? these are 2019 bikes. Yeah. Um, is there a bidding war going on for these? No, that's and that's crazy. the thing that's like really interesting for me about it. It's like there's two bikes. Granted, they cost like a fuck ton of money, but there's enough people, like rich people in the world. How much does a Formula One car cost? Oh, like easily millions. Right. I mean, this is like fucking chunk yeah. change compared to that. Yeah. I, I think, you got to build value, KTM. Come on. I think if you can buy a X race bike for under a million dollars, like that's a pretty good price that's in amazing. my mind. But there's a whole market thing for that. But what I find interesting is like they, they have to have like some sort of inside baseball with this because oh absolutely there's at least three dozen people that can afford this motorcycle and probably are making inquiries that are actual buyers, legitimate buyers. Yeah. Let's say this is somebody that flies in with a helicopter and yeah. So goes how do you the pick, back door. How do you pick that that person? Is it first come first serve? Is it like do you make him arm wrestle? That would be a great way to do it. Amazing. I don't know. Like it's just it very. It seems very. I mean, I think it is like a. P, it's a total PR move. But it just seems like these bikes had homes before they went up for sale. You know, you and I always talk about if if we had a chance to like build a really cool homologation or even non homologation, just a wild bike. Like yes, I was thinking about this today. Right. Yes. You could just build the wildest, craziest fucking thing because there's no real rules. You could just right. make something that's got wings on it and it's got a jet yeah. propulsion it, in the back. It'd be, of it. it'd be like the Fantasia of motorcycles where right. you give all the designers LSD and just see what happens just, just and they just go. push it out just, there. Just fuck it up, y'all. Go. Yeah. Like this is this is. Ugh. I can't tell if you're making happy noises or angry noises. I'm both. I'm super happy that this is something that happens, but now, like, I feel like KTM should just be like, let's throw the rule book away and how this is purchased. Let's have fun with it. Let's make like a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. These two billionaires are going to duel to the death to be able to buy this motor. I mean, don't kill each other, but you know, or do, or, or do whatever, and like do something crazy, right? Like Thunder you have to, it. you have to stand in the pit of snakes for ten seconds without getting bit by that angry viper to be able to buy this. But like, make it fun, man. Ultimate Ninja Warrior. Billionaire style. Billionaires. <laughs> That's where they pay somebody else to do you all the You can just see like some like spaz. <laughs> yeah, he got the spreadsheet out and like, you know, just some total like. But like you have to make him do like, you know, like some kind of like a wipeout. <laughs> Remember that show Wipeout? It's like MXC meets Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just something like, like have fun with it. There there are no rules when you do something like this. When you're saying, well, Wasn't hey, that just like English dubbed over some crazy Japanese show? No, that's MXC. That's MXC. That's amazing. Wipeout was American. Same idea. Which is just like basically impossible to do the damn thing because there was mud and it's just like a worse American gladiator. Yeah, just shit punching okay. you in the dick as you're trying to run past it and like a Wednesday, like Wednesday, August fifth, two thousand twenty. Fuck you, Wednesday. I don't. I just don't know why you're so mean today. I woke up in. A, I'm still in a good mood, but you're not going to defeat me. Fuck off. I'm. I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. I woke up from the craziest dream though. It's the race gas. It's, <laughs> it's the race gas. Shit's killing you. Uh, I do okay. find it really hard to breathe downstairs. Uh, cause race gas, Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I hope someone from KTM is listening. If you are wild enough to put two of your X racer, that's only a year old, by the way, motorcycles out for sale for 339 cool thousand US dollars, or what is this? 288 euros each, 288,000 euros each. Yeah. Um, they, they could just round that up to 290, by yeah, the way. Just have like, fun with on. it, though. Like, make it make it a cool spectacle where people are like, all right, I'm curious to see how this rich fucker is going to spend his money. Well, so they got the Red Bull money. I feel like they could just do something with that. I think so, too. Like, they have to... 
ride a bicycle naked down the side of some mountain while chugging Red Bulls and having like <laughs> Red Bull. arrows shot at him or something. How many Red Bulls can you drink before your, I don't know, one eyeball pops? 23. 20. <laughs> it's a very specific number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone's tried 22 and he decided he shouldn't Why do you think I've been training all this time with this Mountain Dew? <laughs> Red Bull light. Um, he, listen, I say this all the time. People are probably sick of me saying it, but I'm going to keep saying it. In the motorcycling world, we're literally just selling fun, hopes, and dreams. That's really all it is. Because, you know, especially in the U.S., this is a toy. This is an expensive accessory that you buy to go out and have a good time with. So ultimately, we're, we're, we enjoy the drama that it bl- brings along, the little bit of danger, the, you know, the uncertainty of, is grandma going to hit me in her car because she's not paying attention and can't see past that sunset? Um, so the point I'm making is, Companies should start having more fun with their product. They should start having more fun on how to entice people to ride these things. One of the reasons why it's not cool to buy a sport bike anymore because you're not making it cool anymore. You're not, A, they're expensive. B, you're not really trying that hard, right? So if you're going to be ballsy enough to put a MotoGP bike for sale, this should be like big news. It should be fun. This should be something that everyone's buzzing about. But it's not. Like, I don't, I just heard about this today. Well, there's a website you can go to. Every um, day. Is it uh, www.asphaltandrubber.com? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and what does it cost to be a pro member? Uh, it is $40 a year. $40 a year. I think that's a pretty damn good price. Uh, please sign up for an ANR pro membership so I can eat this month. Uh, he's running out of Mountain Dew fast. Uh, this was the last bottle of Mountain Dew. And he shared it with me, guys. I did. Humanitarian. Did I just break your mic? It, it did something. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll the fix it. The mountain just came out of my throat. It's a thing, right? It is. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting. I, I just, I'm kind of curious to see if they ever get like on the podium. Well, they've been on the podium, but if like they start yeah. winning some races, yeah. I'm curious what that price tag is going to look like. Because this this bike didn't really do it. Well. We meant 300,000 euro. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is interesting that the 2018 bike cost 250,000 euros. Like they, they added a 38,000 euro premium for like basically a set of wings. Wings aren't Which, cheap. Do you I know guess how much? Not. Do you know how much it costs to put carbon fiber wings on your brand new Street Fighter? <laughs> no. How much does it cost? Uh, I believe it's like fifteen hundred dollars. How much is that headlight again? Uh, the whole assembly is about sixteen hundred dollars. That's just stupid. I love that. That's <laughs> just LED, stupid. bro. LEDs aren't cheap. They are. Well, I mean, they're not, but like they they're not. They're not expensive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I feel like it should be cheaper than like the old HID setup with the big ballast. Oh my god! Yeah, remember those things? Yeah, two thousand five called. They want their HID yeah. kits back. I want to put some of those in the in the three runner. <gasps> Make it look good. Yeah, three runner, dude. Your truck looking looks clean, so right? clean and pretty right now. Yeah, big fan. Big yeah. fan of that thing. Daddy, daddy did. Hey, um, what's next on your thing? Because I was about to jump to the next topic. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, if you got something, I got like, I got like a big topic. Is it, is it this? <laughs> it is actually awesome. I mean, it's part of, I was it, at. it's part of that. Um, we've been teasing it for a while, Shane. So I wanted to finally have a conversation with you about motorcycle sales. Cause okay. we've, we've had our first quarter results mm-hmm. and that's when we kind of started teasing it, which makes me realize how long it's been since we've like done a proper show. Um, and now we have <laughs> weekly, weekly, <laughs> it's a very weekly podcast. Listen, if tell you what, okay, I'll make a deal with you. Yep. If someone signs up for an ANR Pro account every time an episode comes out, I will always get this out weekly because that will keep me in Mountain Dew. 
You hear it. You heard it here first. I don't care. You can sign up for a monthly, a half year, a full year. I don't care. Just full as long year, as it's only forty bucks. Just signs up and says like brap talky brappy brap brap in the whatever thing. Keep Jensen fed. And Hashtag keep Jensen yeah, fed. We're gonna make like a. We're gonna put some goals. We're gonna gamify <laughs> this. Um, but yeah, Q, the Q two results are coming out. The half year results are coming out, and it's an interesting thing. There's some interesting things going on. With motorcycle sales in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and motorcycle sales uh, worldwide mm-hmm. that I really wanted to talk to you about. And I'm not really sure where to start with this, but um, I'm kind of curious to see what trends you've been seeing at the dealership. If that's something you want to talk. Do you want to talk about that first or talk about sure, that Sure, yeah. That's, that's, that's easy. I'll, I'll keep it simple. Okay. Um, this year has been better than last year. Just from a simple numbers game. So total sales for the first six months of the year has been better, better than, than last 2019. Year. Yeah. That's interesting. It's super interesting because it, in your mind, it shouldn't be. And I don't think for most, <clears throat> I've seen some numbers. I don't think that can be said for most Ducati dealerships. Uh, so for the, for the top performing Ducati dealerships, they're doing much better. For the ones that weren't, again, it's all about, I think, in my humble opinion, I think it's about... Um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, actual participation by mm. the dealer, mm. right? If if you're going to be a dealer that kind of is just waiting for people to come to you and, you know, are a little bit downtrodden because maybe you had a rough year or something happened, because it's not easy running a dealership, then it's not going to do so. You're not going to do well. You just aren't going to do well, period. I think I think I lied to you. I think we want to do the second. Okay. Because I want to give a little context to what you're about to say, because okay. what you're about to say is really important. Okay. But... I wanted to, to lay some groundwork because the thing that's really interesting in the U.S. right now is what is selling and what isn't selling. Ah, that's an important question. And, and in the first quarter, and it's carrying over into the second quarter to some extent, but but we're starting to see a change. In the first quarter was all about dirt bike sales. Yeah. Dirt bike sales were up. Uh, what were they up? They are up something crazy. I should have had this number. 30%. That's insane. 30%. That's amazing. And when you talk to dealers, it was people taking their COVID checks, mm-hmm. walking down to the dealership, buying a dirt bike, mm-hmm. and social distancing in their backyard or on their trails with their family and whatnot. Um, overall, though, sales were down 9%. And it's funnier. Like the, the more on-road you get, the worse the sales are doing. So dual sport sales, which includes adventure bikes, right. was down 5%, huh. which is pretty good considering the fact that on-road sales were down 23% and scooter sales were down 24%. Like Scooter sales were down. Just decimated. Wow, I was going to say, I was going to argue that it's a monetary thing, but not if their scooter sales no. are down. It really does seem to come down to like dirt bikes are seen as like a good recreation thing to do right. in COVID times. Well, families can go out together yeah. and... Whereas like street bikes are just not a great way to get from point A to point B and no one has fun on them. Huh. And I beg to differ as time. And like that's affected different brands. I mean, depending on the brand that's affected them pretty significantly. Um, like we saw KTM's actually been doing pretty well in the U S um, have they though? They're up. They were up 7% during that time period, which is less than what it is better than the market. But there's other brands that were doing like way better. Right. Um, Kawasaki was like up 45%. Suzuki was up 22. Yamaha was up nine. But these are because of dirt bike sales. It's primarily because of dirt bike sales. Yeah. Well, 
and there's some also some sales promotions going on and you have to understand that too like and i don't follow that on asphalt and rubber because it's just it's too much too much it's way too granular it's too hard yeah yep. um but i know like ktm was blowing out 790 dukes right now like you can <laughs> just buy one for a song now q2 has come around and it's been really funny to watch the industry be like record sales uh-huh. this has been the best month ever and a lot of that's just been like well no one no one bought any bikes we, we just we just saw like right sales were down 23 percent for the first three months but now it's month four and month five and like we can buy motorcycles again so we are and so like i remember like uh june they were saying like record sales in june yeah, q2 should have been the craziest and q2 for some brands has been pretty good and we're, we are seeing like a bounce back in q2 to some extent but when you look at like the overall numbers like right now harley davidson down 27 percent uh KTM down 33%, even though they're trying to like fudge the numbers with their electric bike sales uh, and trying to be like, oh, we're only down 8%. And you're like, no, no, no. You just add, you can't add like 100,000, you know, electric mountain bikes. That's not how this works. That's not how uh, any of this works. You know, so they're down 33%. Uh, Ducati is down 24% so far this year. So it's interesting to see like we're seeing some record months. And I think and this is nationally or internationally? This is internationally. Okay. Um, I've seen some of the U.S. numbers, and it's it, it does tell a different story. I think if you are a brand with dirt bikes in the U.S., you're doing pretty well. If you're not, you're not doing so hot. I think it's sort of dynamic too, though, because because the like the European market, I think, just straight up shut down. It did, it did, and we didn't have that like motorcycle dealerships or right. essential businesses, right. and you right. can come in and buy a motorcycle. And no, they they you're absolutely right. They totally shut down um sales like in india and china totally shut down so that's why i think like on a global scale it's more it's it's almost worse like america actually kind of did a little bit better in that regard they did better by not behaving and getting out (laughs) yeah right because i mean like my friends in spain who run a ducati dealership only went back to work like last month yeah spain was insane i have a few friends in spain and like they literally could not like one lives in an apartment building can't leave could not leave his apartment building. So right. he would go up to the roof right. to like run around in a circle for his exercise. <laughs> Get some air. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And they did that for like two months. We got it so much better here. Wear a mask. Um, Wash your hands. Wear a mask. So, so with that being said, tell me your thoughts on, on the dealerships that are surviving and the ones that aren't and what the dynamic is. I think – interesting i you know i had a conversation with somebody who's a, a restaurateur and we sort of have the same idea because ultimately you're you know if you're forward facing in retail whether you're a restaurant or a motorcycle dealership or a toy store or whatever um if you are strong if not if you are if you if you have a strong presence and have been sort of getting in front of this thing and trying to be uh proactive with you know look at me look at me look at me message Mm-hmm. and try to have a positive message of uh you know like almost as a joke we're like motorcycles the original uh social distancing tool um you're probably going to be okay again i i say probably because there's always it's a dynamic situation it's a little different in every every uh state city you know depending on how things are going for you um there are a handful of Ducati dealerships that I know of that are doing really, really, really well, like way better than they've ever done, period. They had some record months uh, just in the last couple of months. and But there are also some that are not doing very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- for us, we had a better, uh, 
year so far than we did last year. It's interesting. It's, it, it kind of makes me think of like, you know, how people are dealing with this whole thing. Um, maybe it's a little different on the Ducati side because it's an upmarket brand and maybe the people that buy them aren't as affected, but most of the ones I know have been pretty affected. It's not like I have a bunch of millionaires walking in like all the time, just throwing money around like crazy. Most of my customers are just regular old people, just, you know, living the dream and trying to, you know, survive one day at a time. And the, the Ducati that they buy from us is one of the, you know, ways of being able to just kind of get away for a couple hours a week and clearing their heads, just like any motorcyclist. Um, but we have been really proactive with, you know, putting out a positive message and, you know, being uh, super clean and, you know, uh, promoting social distancing and wearing a mask and washing our hands all the time. And, you know, we have, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hand sanitizing stations throughout the shop. And I think Ducati has this program called Ducati Cares. And, and it's basically saying, hey, this is a dealership that, that is participating by being really clean and really safe and uh, trying to promote, uh, you know, a, a happy, safe environment in this scary, uncertain times. Um, so we are somehow doing better than last year. And last year, there was not a pandemic. This year, in theory, is is a scarier year for any any retail operation because there is a pandemic and it is a um, an election year. That's always somehow affected retail. I don't know why. I've never understood the psyche of that. Um, but we're still doing well. We're still pushing the message forward and we're still sort of forging on ahead. So, you know, just looking at my forecast for the next month, which will, you know, be the Q3 month, end of Q3, we're still healthier than we were last year. And hmm. the dealerships that I know that are, you know, high-performing dealerships, they are also in the same position. But there are still, I've, I've seen dealerships that are basically like on the verge of shutting down. But yeah. They've, but had COVID never happened, it's not like they would have been doing amazing. They may have lasted another year or so. And that's the thing, right? It's just a thing in retail. And that's the thing I was telling you about, about this CBR 600RR thing. If you just keep letting it stagnate, you're only going to let it last a little bit longer. It's just going to go away. Yeah. People are going to lose interest. People are not going to know about you. People are busy doing all kinds of stuff. And just because you're in it neck deep and it means a lot to you doesn't mean everybody else around you recognizes it. That's an interesting point because when I go and I analyze the traffic for asphalt and rubber, by far, by far, by far, the stories, unless it's like, uh, oh, this is actually a kind of a sad factoid. When we were talking at the Super Legera launch, we were talking about like the best performing story ever. Someone's made, I forget who it was. Someone was saying like the best story we've ever had on our site in terms of traffic right. was when Nikki Hayden died. Wow. And I'd have to actually go back. I can probably do this right now, actually, maybe while I talk. And like, it's true. Like, I remember Nikki Hayden's, obviously, it's a huge, it's a huge story to any American motorcyclist. He's one of the most beloved riders around the world. Like, it totally makes sense to me that that would be huge news. Um, I don't think it's the best story we've ever had on our site. You, I remember your Diavel story had like a crazy spike. Uh, I'm just like... This isn't quite going to be right, but what's my number one story? Think Google, think. Come huh. on, Google, do something right. <laughs> um, actually, number two story all time, Motocorsa Managali. No kidding. Yeah. You know, you got your the the boys of Motocorsa showing some leg and... Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny. That's, that's I might be re doing something similar. 
Well, that got picked up by CNN. That oh, was a whole thing. Yeah. Like we got interviewed and and all that jazz. But I look at like top ten. Three of them are like American Chopper, Paul Tuttle Senior bullshit. <laughs> um, People love drama, man. Number four was the release of the Ducati eleven ninety nine Panigale. Um, actually, like number all time, like number five. Ninja 250. Huh? Harley Davidson Polaris. Um, Honda RC 23 VS street bike. That's like probably top 10. Yeah, it's interesting. But looking down as I scroll through it, I can see it right here too. The number one type of story that gets traffic for me is a new bike. There's a new bike coming out. Like, like great example. Number one, number, actually it's my number two story is the, the Managale, but Number what was it? what did I say? Number five, number three, BMW R9T, and number five, Panigale eleven ninety nine. Interesting. And then from there, it's a bunch of bikes after that, like Super Dukes, Harley. It's exciting, man. Hondas. I mean, when you're sitting at work and and you're yeah, you know, inundated with daily bullshit, and and you've got your favorite forty dollar a year subscription of Asphalt and Rubber Pro. Thank you. Um, the thing that excites you, I mean, even when I, I have two screens and I have several things that are work related and I always have on A&R on one side. I have, I'm addicted to bring a trailer. I don't know why I keep looking at what's on there. Um, but when I see a new bike pop up and it's always been the case for me, I mean, that's why I used to have a subscription to motor, uh, trend and, and motorcyclists and cycle world. Cause I wanted to see about the new thing, the new exciting yeah. thing and live vicariously through the yeah. idea of like someday I'm going to be able to buy this thing. Right. You want to ogle it. You want to kind of like virtually kick the yeah. tires. You want to think about owning it. I miss, I miss like the stats page that motorcyclist had in the end where I had like a drawing of the bike and like the weight and this and that and like, you know, rake and, I didn't even understand what that shit meant, but I was excited. And I learned all these, you know, cool sayings because it was a, it was a new, exciting thing. So yeah, of course that's going to be the thing. Every, I'm not the only one. Everybody's excited about a new, exciting thing and motorcyclists doubly so about motorcycles. Uh, the super Legera, I can't tell you how many people come to the shop saying, you guys have one yet? Like, no, not yet. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Care. They want to see it. Yeah. It's a it's cool thing, right? It's a, it's a, it's a halo bike that you and I can't afford. But I sure as hell want to look at one and, and just be near it and hear it fired up. Everyone likes new hotness. I That's like what it comes hotness. down to. Everyone likes new hotness. Everyone just wants, we just want to consume new hotness. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to. I think you're absolutely right where it's like, hey, you're going to let that 600cc market stagnate? Great. All right. There's no new hotness. Nope. I'm going to take my new hotness meter somewhere else. Yeah. And the thing is, even if you come up with a brand new 600, like that new hotness is not it anymore. It's It's gone. It's old news. I don't know. If someone came out I, I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee you I would be super excited if a brand came out with a brand new 600cc, well, that class super. It doesn't have to be 600. Right. Uh, it could be a triple. It could be a twin. Well, twins get like, well, maybe. Well, what's, sure. what's the twin equivalent in size for a 600cc class, that middleweight class? That's kind of like, that's hard because it was kind of like Ducati that was like noodling that along. Yeah, but now so we like, have a 937. Yeah, that's our I mean, it was 848. The 848 was the last Ducati twin that was homologated for the 600 Supersport class. Huh. Um, and we can talk about whether or not that's fair or not. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I would say 750 is probably fair. Like a modern 750. But that's the thing. So like, let's say someone comes out with a modern 750 or a 675 triple or a 600 four cylinder. Right. 
or like a 500 cc five cylinder how yeah, crazy would that be? that'd be amazing but like say someone comes out with that and they they give it like a proper imu electronic suite they actually you know spend some time like hey we're gonna make this bike 330 pounds wet you know like we're gonna make a real weapon See, and this is bike. and it's gonna make you know 130 140 rear wheel horsepower right or not rear wheel let's call it crank horsepower you know when homologated. like that'd be like yeah that sounds rad. That'd be super. That sounds fucking cool. I think people come out of the woodwork for it. Honda, we just gave you a free consultation. Yeah. You're welcome. Put some winglets on it if you want. Definitely have to have winglets. Come on, yeah, bro. At this point. This is 2020. Winglets. But like, that's the thing. Like This is like recycled thing or like, hey, we're just right. going to repackage the old one. It's like, I'm not excited about that. Uh, I mean, it's, that's that's why I'm like so excited about the RS660 or, or the 890 Duke. Right. It's like they're new bikes. They Something got new. full electronic suites. Like they're rad. Like they're and they're cheap too. It's so funny. I I I went to the car show, the auto, the Portland Auto Show last February, and I remember walking through the Audi lineup and just looking at it, going, "This is so fucking boring." It's literally the same engine and like six different chassis. Like, what? Why? What's the point? It's just recycling the same shit over and over and over again and calling it a. A2 and A3 and A4 and A6 and A8, like, boring. They all look the same. And it's the same in motorcycling. We, we ride motorcycles, in America at least, to have an exciting thing. And if it's just the same shit over and over and over and every year, this fickle person right here goes, no thanks. Next. Who's got something new? It's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to someone the other day um, <clears throat> about the... Moto Guzzi MX MGX 21, the cruiser. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember when that came out? Hell yeah. Super cool. Super. It's this carbon fiber black. It, it looked that fucking carbon mean. Carbon fiber covers in the wheel. It looked really good. It's well, like now like street glide, but with attitude. Yeah. And, like, and they're like, should we build it? And I was like, fuck yeah, you should build it. And so they did. Yeah. And it's not selling it. Nope. <laughs> and I think part of that is because what Moto Guzzi failed to realize is that what helps sell Harleys is the fact that there is 31 flavors of the same thing. Right. So you can really narrow down like what your taste is. Not everyone wants to ride a black motorcycle with red, you know, cylinder heads popping out the side of it. I mean, that's pretty cool. Some people like white bikes. Some people like green bikes. Some people like purple bikes. You got to give a little bit more variety. And it's always amazed me for, for a product that so heavily, shows a person's personality you know like like our personalities are so intertwined with our motorcycles it's always amazed me that the brands don't realize that and offer more personalization options or more flavors of it and the only one that really does is harley and i think that's part of the reason harley is like fucking you know 25 percent of the motorcycle industry in the united states right now why are they so down in numbers well, because everyone that buys Harley's <laughs> dying, but that's a whole other can of worms. Um, but that, right, but though. that's part of their success, where yeah. it's like, it'd be like if Nike only came out with one version of Air Jordans. Right. That's just just the one. Right. You got to get them in white. That's it. You got to get them in black with white soles or whatever it is. You just get that's the only pair we make. Well, what if I don't, what if I don't like those shoes? What if I, yeah. What if I want red shoes? Nope, can't get red shoes. That's the thing, right? Anytime you're buying an accessory, you want it to be fun and exciting and show off your personality yeah. and like your your you know niche ideas of what things should look like. Um, I'm I'm actually starting to talk a little bit more with 
the powers that be about sort of creating that personalized um, approach to buying a motorcycle. Um, and I think hopefully by next year, we're going to start doing that more. Cause I think, I mean, we've talked about it. If you're going to buy a motorcycle, uh, dude, if you buy a bicycle, you can get fitted. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been fitted for a bicycle? Have you ever seen the process? I've seen the process. I haven't bought a bike. It's it's super cool. Like and it, it ultimately makes it where, hey, you are a human being who is dynamic and you're buying this, you know, this, this thing that's static, but it has peripheral stuff like the seat and the handlebars and the, the you know, foot peg positioning to make it fit you specifically. And you and I have talked about it. Why is the motorcycling industry not there? I, you know, it's, it is ultimately still sort of a personal accessory and it's an extension of your personality and, you know, this thing that you show off and want to ride around on. I could only think of one brand that did that. It's not really even a brand. They were sort of like a coach luxury brand. The, the, the uh, virus, was that what it's called? Yeah, the so, Italian brand with yeah, the... Yeah, and the whole idea was, steering. you know, they could sort of make it to your body spec, more or less. Yeah, I mean, because that, well, each virus is kind of made to order because they sell like 50 bikes a year. Right. So it's like you call up, I forget the guy's name. Let's call him Giuseppe. It's not Giuseppe. Hey, Giuseppe. So you're like, hey, Giuseppe, it's Jensen. I want to buy a virus. And they're like, oh, Jensen, great. You're 6'2", you're 220. We'll sort you out. We got you, boo. Yeah. We'll make the bars a little wider. Right. Make the seat a little bit more firm. What yeah. I want to see is manufacturers now saying, okay, well, let's make it where the bars can be moved up and down a little bit more. Because if you start looking at where everything sits, it's it's very like to the millimeter, right? If you look at a sport bike, if you mess with the handlebar positioning too much, it starts touching the the tank and the fairing. And so I hope that manufacturers start kind of looking at how can we leave a little bit of room here and there so that it can be adjusted just little minute adjustments that make such a huge difference. And that'll allow the buyer to go, cool, I had this extra experience. It's adding value to my purchase of said brand that's allowing me to have a little more personal touch to it. Now it's making it worth spending that little extra premium to buy it. You know, currently my uh, my audience is Ducati, so I'm, I'm pushing really hard with them to sort of go this direction. And I just think that's going to be important for the future of motorcycle buying. If you're going to spend that kind of money, you should be able to make it yours. It's a funny thing. Like, like I was thinking, I was thinking while you were talking, you know, about it. And like one of the hurdles is you have to homologate the bike. Right. So like it has to come from the factory with a certain mirror and a certain bar and that has to all be approved. And then like it, cause like in my mind, the bike should come with like no seat, no right. mirrors. Right. No wheels. And then the dealership basically has to be like, we have these yeah, four and choices. Then like, and then they like, yeah, they wheel it out. Like, okay, here's your five wheel choices. Which yeah. one do you want? Here's your three seats. You know what's a really easy bike to do that on our side is the Scrambler. Just it's a really, so really parts. neat. Huh? Just because there's so many parts from the factory. Well, it's not even that. It's just if you look at it, it's a very simplified design on a motorcycle. So mm-hmm. it's easy enough to be like, this seat, that handlebar, those foot pegs will make it fit for you. Well, that's the thing. Like, part of that bike was with that in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep coming back to... I did this project when I was in business school. We had to like pitch a business. And my thing was this like modular motorcycle design. Modulator. Where, you know, like you basically just had like an engine and a basic chassis. And then the customer got to decide like, well, I want a single-sided swing arm. And I want a girder style front end. And I want, you know, cafe bars. And I want like a single seat. And like there was, you know, three or four options for every one of these things. In the, in the build process, so there could be, like, potentially, I don't know, I can't do the math in my head, but, like, 
84 different possibilities of motorcycle that you could build off this one like nugget. Right. And I mean, like looking at like the extraneous factors, like, like homologation and stuff, that's really hard to do. But that principle, that idea of like, we're going to build this motorcycle to your taste Mm -hmm. is still, I think, totally relevant. And I think like what you're describing with the scrambler is kind of like the more commercialized thought of that, where it's like, here's a motorcycle where, okay, we, we built a version of it. But we've also built like a bunch of other parts that are completely interchangeable with mm-hmm. each other that you could also buy to make it yours and customize it. And like your scrambler will never be confused with my scrambler because <laughs> right. our scramblers right. are totally unique to us and therefore show our personalities. Like yours is covered in gold. Mine is radioactive green and smells like race gas. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just like those are that's Jensen and Shaheen's bikes. Yeah, perfect. And they're uh, recognizable. Because I like gold. It's a good, I, I like it. <laughs> um, I, I think there needs to be, see, this is the thing. If there was more women in the industry, absolutely. this would be a no brainer. hundred percent. Because guys, like I tell you, fuck yeah, they're more, way more imaginative about it. Um, and uh, it's, they accessorize better. Men, yeah. men are boring. No, we want to be fun. It's so funny, man. It's like, I show up with like this colorful array of things that I'm wearing. Like I wear green glasses and I don't, so many people, first of all, every time a, a, female person sees me with my green glasses i get a comment of cool glasses man and like dudes are just most of the time looking at me like really green glasses like what were you thinking i bet he parties yeah i bet he parties he does um it's it's so funny that we're having this discussion because most everybody in america that buys a motorcycle is trying to have this cool accessory but it's like you go to daytona bike week and you're just in like a sea of black and chrome with black leather and <sighs> you know what the male equivalent is? What? AR-15s. <laughs> but they're all the same too. I'm dead serious. If so, you were to put, if we were to have no, 20 no, of our no, listeners no. who have AR-15s put them next to each other, I bet they'd get confused by them at some point. No, I don't think so at all. Think, well, I don't no, maybe, the, all. maybe the true, true geeked out gun gun nut is going to be like, that has got the blah, no, blah, blah on that's there. the thing. Because I, I think it'd be like, well, this one's got the, the butt stock from Six Sour and this one's got the, uh, <laughs> this one's got a, 15 inch picatinny rail and that one's only got a 14.9 inch picatinny rail and this one's got the (laughs) the super mag loader adjustable thingamabob and i I call my gun the mag loader and like like there's like a bajillion different types of foregrips and pistol grips and butt stocks and sights and rails and flashlights and switches for flashlights and muzzle brakes and like like you can just sit there and it's and they're all interchangeable and they're all like uh-huh. screwed together. Uh-huh. Like you don't have to be a fucking wizard to put that together. And I watched these fuckers. I went on a deep dive the other day because it was fascinating to me. And they just sit there and they just hot rod the shit out of these things. And like this is this is my AR-15. There's others like it, but this one is mine <laughs> because I put I put this this thing on it, this little part right here, and no one else has that part. And so here here's what I was saying. Yeah, you're right. They're all very unique. But on the surface, they're just not that different looking. But you know what? And it's but, the same, hold on. Oh. It's the same in motorcycling world. Okay. It really is the same okay, in motorcycling good. world. Okay. You can have, you can come to our cul-de-sac on a Saturday and have 15 motorcycles parked there at the shop. And if you were just a non-motorcyclist, you'd be like, there's 15 red motorcycles here. whoop fucking do But yes. every one of those bikes is slightly different from the other one because yes. everybody has a certain seat, a certain handlebar, a certain mirror, a certain wheel, this, that, and the other. But that's how guys work. Guys are all like granular about like, wow, this has got the such and such spec and the such and such weight and the such and such grams, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, 
and and it's so weird. I feel sexist by saying this, but most of my female friends are like they have this more beautiful, colorful array of idea of what things should look like, and there is like real style and like it stands out a little bit more. I I have this one friend who's in the East Coast in Ohio, and she has a scrambler, and it's probably one of the prettiest paint jobs I've ever seen. That like she took the time to be like, yeah, I want this thing to look like this because it means something to me, and it's and it stands out. She could give two fucks about like the specs of the wheels and the brakes and the blah, 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 because she thinks differently about it. I, I think it's a much more like free thinking of like, no, I want it to look cool, man. I want it to like, not just like look cool because my, my guy friend is going to be like, oh, that's the such and such wheels because they're lighter than this one or the, so it's a different, I think it's a different version of style. I think most guys that we know are very like two plus two equals four because I'm a rational human being and it needs to be that. And most girls that I know are more like, no, this has got some fucking flair to it because of look at these colors and this matches with that and this this truly matches my personality. So yes, please, more female writers all day long. You're going to make this industry so much more colorful. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. If you were, if you weren't into AR-15s, like let's say you weren't even like a gun person mm-hmm. and you saw like three AR-15 bills next to each other, you'd be like, yeah, it's just, yeah, they look like, uh, looks like three rifles. Yeah, they're all they're all black. I think one of them's maybe you know Desert Storm colors. I don't know. <laughs> what do we call that? Is that called like Coyote Ugly? Is that what that color is called? Blue, blue. That one's that one's got a. Um, but it's the same thing. Like if you see a bunch of motorcycles, if you're not a motor- motorcyclist and you got went to a a bike night, right? Many, like you said, like a Ducati bike night. Oh God, just like, you're red. Uh, all these bikes are red. <laughs> All the, all the bikes are red. There's one like yellow one. What's wrong with it? It makes a lot of rattling. Is that one okay? They all sound like they're about to fall apart. I don't know. But like, it is one of those things where you have to be the nerd. Mm-hmm. You have to be the geek to tell mm-hmm. the differences. And like that's really powerful. But I also think it's to our detriment sometimes. Yeah, we end up having like a group of the same. And I mean, that's kind of the cool part of it, right? Because socially, it, it ends up allowing you to have a group of like-minded individuals whether you're a gun nut or a motorcycle nut or or you know whatever jewelry nut um but it just gets like just real weirdly granular and it doesn't have the same quote-unquote style that i that like someone such as myself that loves colorful shit we need external style we need something that's what it is external style thank you you've you've phrased it perfectly that's i think that's the power of a bike like the the f4 the mv gusta f4 or the 916 we're like okay it's in the guggenheim because it has this external style that if you weren't a motorcyclist if you weren't into cars if you weren't a petrol head if you weren't into anything like that but you could sit there and appreciate like wow that object that object's objectively beautiful. That right. uh, that object's objectively unique. Right. That then stands it out. And I don't think we do that in our industry very well. Very I, rarely. I think that's the difference between like iconic motorcycles and just bikes. Yeah. Because think of the 916. It's objectively gorgeous. Yeah. It's fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I could look at one all day. There is one in the back of our shop in the service department right now. And I go there and I stare at it at least once a day it's just pretty it's perfect in my world the the i'll I'll take it down a notch for you just to prove the point the mission r Mm -hmm. the electric bike Mm -hmm. when that came out there you could get petrol heads that were like i will only you could get two stroke lovers they're like four strokes can go fuck themselves you can take my two strokes when i die and all that (laughs) but they looked at that bike and they're like that bike's hot. That's a good looking bike. I would, I would ride that bike. Right. That, that's got like 200 horsepower. That sounds rad. That yeah. sounds 
I don't care if it's electric or runs on unicorn tears. That looks like a cool motorcycle yep. and I want to own it. Yep. That's the most modern recent thing where it's like it just transcends all the bullshit because it's just externally yeah. beautiful. It's got an external style to it. It, it transcends it transcends markets and segments and bullshit. Dear motorcycle industry who listens to us. All two of you. All two of you. Three, I think. External style. It, it, I think that's so important. I, I really, that that hits it. You said that's perfect. That blew my mind. I love it. Let's, let's, let's end the show. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> Make good choices. <laughs> Safety third. Go wash your hands. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> I want to be able to go outside again. <laughs> I miss being outside. I miss eating food inside. I mean, it's nice. It's nice out here. Like Portland's had gorgeous weather for the yeah, last couple been, weeks. This is our summer. So I'll take the like sit on the picnic table and do the thing thing. But yeah, I'm curious to see where Q3 takes us, Shaheen. It's like you said, election year. Yep. That does crazy things. Yep. We just saw Congress kind of failed to get its act together in terms of stimulus checks yep. for unemployed, which is really what I think has been driving a lot of sales in the U.S. So if that goes away. I'm very curious to see what happens. And I'm also very curious when we're just like, yeah, we're not doing the stimulus thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, what that does. Cause like, I don't feel, I don't feel like the American economy has felt the full weight of the recession that we are already in yet, because we've been kind of propping it up with unemployment checks right. and stimulus packages and Little trillions of dollars. And, <clears throat> and we're just trying to like ease the fall. But like the fall is coming. Like you have to hit that bottom. And by all accounts, the bottom is going to be really low. Yeah. And I mean, people people usually forsake external stuff before they forsake their rent or mortgage. Usually. Right. If you're so like your motorcycle, your your credit card, that stuff starts being, you know, and at least the motorcycle is liquid uh, and you can maybe, you know, get rid of it and, you know, either create extra money that you've spent on it or if you owe anything on it, you can at least get rid of that debt. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to what's going to happen in the used vehicle industry in the upcoming you know q3 q4 era oh that's interesting mm -hmm. think it's a good time to buy used bikes uh if you got the coin right now what coming up may if i was gonna if i was gonna guess i would say you know come winter there's going to be a surgence of it but currently right now there is not a very good inventory in the vehicle world period because mm -hmm. everybody's buying stuff and just doing their thing seller's market yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I saw a 2018 V4S Panigale sell on auction wholesale for $22,000. Like, what? How? It's a two-year-old bike with like 10,000 miles on it. Get out of here. Hmm. So, you know, when you see stuff like that or like R6 is being sold on auction for like nine grand, prices are going up on the used side market. That's a little freebie for you listeners. Time for Jensen to get rid of that Husky Supermoto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, sir. That's all I got for this one. This go. Wednesday could just, just, you know, I'm going to end it with a hamburger. Ooh. Yep. Strong, strong decision. Super strong decision. I've lost like 20 pounds. Fucking give me a burger. Nice. Good for you. Thanks, man. I'm a size 56. I was a size six, size 60 race suit when you and I started recording. I'm a, I just got a nice Revit. The banana suit's back, motherfuckers. It does look good. <laughs> it does look good. But it's a size 56 and I fit in it. I don't have to like do anything weird to fit it. Right it. on. Good for you. I know. Pretty, felt kind of good about that, actually. I lost a couple of pounds, but I think it's just muscle. Yeah, but I mean, no, you look good, man. I saw you with your shirt off. Yeah. Your tits are officially pecs. Yeah. 
Except for that rib. So oh. moosey. He's so moosey. He's all bulgy. Look at him. That rib did not look good. Let's just leave it at that. Just stop breaking ribs, Jensen. It's like literally punch myself in the chest. <laughs> all right. Um, there's a thing I'm supposed to say, but I already closed the window. Follow so. us on Instagram at, at @braptalk and email yeah. us at uh, webraptalk at gmail.com. Webraptalk at gmail.com. And You're checking that, right? Because I'm I've, I check it often. Okay, and cool. uh, on Facebook, Braptalk Motorcycle Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. All the things. We're so bad. We're so bad at this part. Just, um, uh, sign up for NR Pro. Totally. Because I said so. Because what else are you doing? You're sitting around, you know, you're watching videos and, you know, read something. It's good for you to read. Yeah. And listen to us because we have sultry voices and we can read stuff to you. Mm, whisper, whisper, whisper. We should whisper. do an NR Pro like Q&A show. I like it. Let's. Let's do that. Okay. Let's put that together for your people and then we'll do Bam. a Q&A. Bam. All right. Boom. Uh, let's get out of here. All right. Make good choices. Fifty third. Wash your hands. See you out there. Bye. Bye. Mystery show. KTM selling two RC sixteen MotoGP race bikes for three hundred thirty nine thousand each. No, we're talking about that. That's in the thing. I already got Sheep. the notes. I got notes. We're ready. Sheep. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. Oh. I love wrong. <laughs> Oof, I wonder how Marquez's uh, other surgery went. Or... Uh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>